Conrad, what do you think of New Year's resolutions? I think I've kept my New Year's resolution once. You know, it's a good time to be thinking about the future and being introspective and planning and excited. We're going to get into planning later on in this session, but I think it's a really good exercise to go through. I think it's really hard to actually pull it off through the whole year. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this in some of our planning stuff today, but you know, I think about these resolutions and I'm like, you feel like the end of a year, it's like cyclical, it's like a time to do it, but... You know, I don't know. I think the the opposite happens. We put so much pressure on these resolutions and then we miss a, whatever our resolution was and then it all falls apart versus like developing a consistent habit. So here's the trick to developing the consistent habit. Start your New Year's resolution now. There you go. So what's your resolution? I'll give you my resolution for last year because I didn't do it and I deliberately delayed it. I said I was going to work less starting in February. And because I, like I, I did the exact opposite of starting now. I was like, we're going to start this news resolution, you know, 9% of the way into the year. And by the time February 1 rolled around, uh-uh. So it was a terrible resolution. No, oh, well, next year. Today, we have a shorter episode for the holidays. We're going to do a quick lunch hour legal marketing year in review going over our own performance. And then, as promised, we're going to talk about annual planning for law firms. It's not too late. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome, one and all, to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Kadra, we were going to skip the news segment today, but it looks like we just got some breaking news. Lawmatics raises $10 million in Series A funding, and I would be remiss not to mention uh, my good friends, your good friend, Matt Spiegel at Lawmatics, I am a proud investor and advisor and good friend of Matt's and uh, really impressed by what he's building over there. I think if you haven't checked out Law Maddox, obviously, I, full disclosure, I have a dog in the fight, but you know, attorney-client relationship management, it's a huge opportunity. Move your potential clients and existing clients from prospects to actual clients. Check it out. Short news day today. Short news. So today, as promised, we're going to do a review of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. We're going to talk about our favorite episodes, and then we're going to go into some of the data that determines whether or not our favorite episodes were actually the most popular episode. Key, what was your favorite episode that we did this year? Gosh, this was hard. Um, it's a toss-up for me. It's a very neck and neck. I don't know. I'm going to call. I'm going to say a tie. I'm going to kick the can and say You're gonna a tie. You're going to say a... No, you can't equivocate. Yeah. Come on, dude. Pick one. You know what Ugh. we do when we hire people? We make people... You can only pick one. So there can only be one here, Guy. Go. So mean. All right. Well, I'm going with Aaron Levine then. Hello, divorce. Well, okay. Can you pick the other one then? Okay. <laughs> I love the Aaron Levine. Why did you like the Aaron Levine podcast so much? By the way, we'll put this in the show notes. If you have not listened to it and you need to feel optimistic about the future, listen to this podcast. Why did you like it so much? Yeah, I know you loved it because it was optimistic and hopeful about the future. 
I'm not very optimistic or hopeful about the future, but <laughs> which is why I I'm surprised you chose. I thought you were going to pick your favorite episode, like you know, the the day the world came to an end. Well, it's probably in some ways it's like similar to the maybe it's not the optimism, but to watch Aaron's journey from practicing lawyer to recognizing a gap in the marketplace to build what she's built to you know deal with a lot of the regulatory issues and to hear that story and to be able to share that when i think about like um you know my even my own journey from practicing to pivoting to something else um it was just very inspiring and it's also i think it does give a a good kind of sense of where we were where we are and where we're going yeah. And again, to me, it's in a hopeful way. It is the it is yeah. technology bringing... I think there's two parts different that I like. One, it's technology bringing the law to more people. That is where we're going. That's where we've been trying. That's, that's why I got interested in this industry, right? It's a good thing. I like that she's like such a solid CEO and lawyer, Right, that is an unusual Venn diagram. No offense to our, li- there we go, offending listeners early on. But honestly, she's a she is a very sophisticated CEO who happens to be a lawyer. I like those examples because they are. It's just inspiring. It's, it's a good feel. Yep. Well, I'll give you my honorable mention. My honorable mention was Professor Goldman's episode, and I, again, I think that one and in, in the. Um, I guess we should also at least mention Carolyn's that that whole conversation around the issues because again I think that this is really going to be some big stuff about how we as a society decide the role that the internet should be playing. Um, and you're talking about Section 230. And you're talking about and the the highlight to me of that conversation was the reminder that he gave us. Because, you know, we think back and we're like, oh, the old times were so much better. There weren't any fake reviews. But the truth <laughs> That's is. That's right. There were no reviews. There was no information. <laughs> it was complete opacity. You couldn't yeah. find out anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, that was yeah. refreshing. It, that was a really, I, I remember that part in the segment where I was like, he has a really, really good perspective on this. Okay. Guy, can you share with our listeners the most popular episodes as well as our argument about how to count the most popular episodes? All right, so we're going to give you a couple different metrics here. There's the IAB 2.0 30-day download number, I guess, is what that is. So apparently this is the industry standard. Correct us if we're wrong about that. And then the question is, is like, do downloads really even matter? You know, people subscribe to podcasts. That doesn't mean they're listening to any of them. Your phone's just downloading them because you set you subscribed and so it's on auto download and it's just downloading, but you're never listening to these episodes. So we're going to give you the Apple Plays. So that's actually people that actually played the episode to our knowledge. So I want to use thematically, like let's click a step up. It's really hard to decide on what the right metrics are. By the way, mm. also for your law firm, really hard to decide on what the right metrics are, right? So as we were looking at doing this, it's a very real conundrum. Thinking about what we're looking at becomes really, really important. So right. the most popular episode, Guy, according to both IAB and Apple Downloads was? The Marketing Crystal Ball. And so for folks that are anticipating us doing our <laughs> prognostication episode, stay tuned because we'll do it again. Back by popular demand. And we know you guys listen to it. For whatever right. reason, that title resonates. So it'll be the Marketing Crystal Ball Returns. The Part return two. of, the, the revenge of the Marketing Crystal Ball. 
So that That's that'll good. come out. But it was different for Apple playthroughs, right? What was that? Yeah, note? Apple plays. Apple plays. Sorry. Seven. Ju- That's all right. Seven juicy marketing tips, a la tech show. And again, you're in <laughs> luck because we're gonna do another tech show episode as we lead up to tech show. Hopefully, have some live interviews from the show. But you're telling. You know, look, the people that listen to this show, they love marketing prognostications and they love juicy tips from the tech show. Maybe. There you go. Okay. On the ugly side, what sucked, Guy? The award industry episode did ter- like statistically significantly terribly. Horrendous. Really bad. I like that. This I got to talk about Zippy the Chicken. I thought that's easy. Maybe we should have called it the Zippy the Chicken Award. We should have. That's yeah, what we I don't should know. have done. So it, it, that's actually brings up an interesting point. Like, I wonder how much titles impact, you know, anecdotally, I think they impact what you choose to listen to, especially if you're downloading all these things. I think so, too, especially for the ones that aren't like regular listeners, right? Because yeah. that's their thing is like, how many are the, these are one-offs? You know, the yeah. plays, they don't tell you if it's a subscriber or not subscriber, just a play. Yeah. Okay. So. And on, on that plays, we had bad reviews in the marketing vacuum. No one wants to talk about bad reviews. Apparently. Yeah, which again, I you know, for me, I'm like that's an important topic, and uh, no one wants, but everybody's sick of it, right? And, and, no, one and cares. no one knows what to do about, yeah, no one knows what to do about it, and so people are frustrated. So I'm not listening to that episode. Okay, there's no more reviews next year from us, but we will do lots of juicy tips. Maybe we could extend the juicy tips. Like every episode, we'll give one juicy tip. We should have a juicy tip segment. Oh, maybe I like that. There that's a go. good idea. Juicy tip segment, but it's got to be in the title. It'll be right. like. Featuring guests, parentheses, and juicy tip number seven. (laughs) Okay. I have a New Year's resolution for the podcast. Do you have one? I do. Go. My resolution is to double, at least double our feedback. Thank you for those that email us ideas and volunteer to be guests and leave reviews and get on the hashtag. But, you know, this is so much more fun when the audience participates. So that's my goal, my resolution. I don't like the guest volunteers. It puts us in an awkward position of being like, no. Yeah, we have to. Sometimes we have to say no. We've said but, no to but, a lot of people who want to come and it, schlock garbage. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Don't come don't schlock like your it. garbage. Yeah, come be an awesome Aaron Levine or Eric Goldman guest, right? Can I think the other thing too, though, that's related to this, since you brought it up. Like, I so we looked at it. The, so the guest episodes do pretty well. Yeah, people want guests. They're sick yeah. of hearing us. They want to hear us the third person in the room. Okay. Noted. They're sick of hearing us. What do you got? Next on this podcast, Geek Con do silence. A moment of silence. Very stoic. Okay. So my thing, and I, I've said this many, many times, maybe not on this podcast, but there is this overdone concept of content marketing, and I think it is backwards, and it should be marketing content, not content marketing. And I think what we do a really good job of, Guy, especially with this podcast, is people who know us listen to us. It's the people who don't know us who are missing out, right? And distribution it, is king. Distribution over content. I like this. So yeah. we're going to put right. more of our own effort behind effort. marketing this podcast. Marketer versus marketer, part two. Part two. All right. It's time to pay the bills. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, 
and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. And we're back just in time for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by Clio. All right, I really like this one. One of the most striking differences in technology adoption among growing firms, so this is, they took looked at growing firms, is their use of firm reporting tools. Shocker. The reporting tools analyzed for the report offer insights into key business metrics such as revenue generation, bill collection, and productivity. The takeaway from this data is that growing firms are more likely to increase their revenues because they have access to the information and insights that help them assess how their business is performing, which also allows them to focus more attention on planning for additional ongoing growth over the long term. We're going to talk about planning. I mean, I you know, again, it's striking to me when you look at go look at the report, but like there are a lot of lawyers that still they're just not they're flying in the dark. They got no gauges. Growing firms doing better with access to data. Shocker. Like this is so obvious. Here's the other thing, Key. I think it's hard to get that data right. There's yeah. so much freaking data in what we do. Right. And what metrics matter, all the what stuff that you were talking so about before. I'll, I'll use this example. To anyone sitting on this podcast right now, think about this. Do you know the percentage of time that you answer the phone when people call you? You don't, right? That data has been available for years, right? That's a really important number. You've got it. It's important. You're not looking at it. You don't even know where to find it. And by the way, your agencies don't know either, right? And so for me, I don't know if you're seeing this. Like I'm seeing more and more sophistication and effort spent on getting that part right. And it's not its not that the phone answering part, but like the getting business metrics right. And when you do that as a law firm, you're not relying on people like me and Gee who are sending you these amazing reports that have been formatted to look all beautiful and make us look like we're amazing because that's what we want you to think, right? It's the firms that are getting control of their own data and the business data. It's not, it's not like, like, please stop talking to me about H1 tags or blah, 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 score. Like, no one wants to talk about that. You guys want to talk about consultations. So let's do that. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to hijack this, but like, it's so important. And... As we go into the discussion about annual planning, you can't go from here to there if you don't know where you are. That sounds very philosophical. To learn more about these opportunities and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. Speaking of planning, 
it's not too late to think about planning. It's the holidays. And you're not working anyway. You're listening to this podcast. If you don't have... <laughs> Wait, this specific... should be work. You're getting smarter. Come on. Right. If you don't have... You can't have billing for it, hopefully. Fair. If you don't have specific plans around 2022, escape from Drunk Aunt Sally. Who wrote this? I wrote Escape this. from Drunk Aunt Sally. I, by you the way, I do not have this? an Aunt Sally, but... All right. And ruminate on the business metrics that are important for your firm. What are those metrics? What do they look like? And is your marketing gas tank going to get you there? Conrad, to kick us off, talk about Aunt Sally. There's no Aunt Sally. Okay. <laughs> By the way, when Guy and I were talking about this, the question was, is it too late for you guys to get into annual planning? And if you haven't done it by, you know, Christmas Eve, is it too late? Are you just going to kind of move into next year with the idea of like, hey, we're going to grow. And what does that mean? I don't know. It's bigger than right now. That's not annual planning, by the way. It's never too late. It is not too late to have your New Year's resolution start in February. But in all seriousness, you've got some free time now. You've got some introspection time. You've got some thoughts of, of the future. And I want you as listeners to be thinking about the business metrics, not the stupid marketing metrics, but the business metrics. And, and you know, Guy, as you look at going beyond, we're going to grow the firm next year. Right. What are the metrics that matter to you? What are the metrics that you talk to your clients about? You know, I was even going to even talk in some of the context of our, our own business, but, you know, we're, we're, we run on EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System Traction, and we have two days of annual planning. And I'm just going to give you some of the high points, and then I'll, I'll try to make it a little more relevant for law firms. So first, you go through a look back, right? You got to review your prior year, right? We can talk about which numbers you should be looking at. We look at revenue. We look at profitability. We look at retention. We look at utilization. I mean, we've talked about Baker's gauges. We look at all those gauges. And we don't know, uh, there's no uh, litigating about it. It's just reviewing the numbers. How did we do versus our prior, for our prior year, one year plan? We do some team health. I think this is a great opportunity. I think this, it still is underinvested in, especially in the, the whole remote work life. Yeah. What do you mean by team health? We, we do some like uh, trust. <laughs> we do trust falls. No, we do um, <laughs> virtual trust falls. Please stand on your desk. We do. Jump. There's a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, it's all around building more trust, getting to know your team members better. Sometimes it's um you know, it's as simple as being like one thing I should keep doing, one thing I should stop doing, stuff like that, but it's really about it's uncovering things. Like it's a, it's creating the space to be like how can we build more trust as we move forward to the future. All right. Then we do an organizational checkup. That's very formulaic from an EOS standpoint. There's actually like, a, there's these questions. It talks about like processes documented and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a more operational review type of thing. We do a SWOT analysis. So talking about our strengths, our weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That's very B-school of you. Well, this is, I mean, this is just the traction playbook. I, you know, yeah. and again, you probably, you've heard it in B-school. You've heard it in many different forms, but it does, again, it's about creating space to like for getting out of the weeds of the day-to-day reflecting, seeing where there might be some issues and then, you know, building your issues list. And then, uh, and then, then we stop all of the look back, no more looking back. We switch it to looking forward. We build our one year plan. We build a three year picture and we build a 10 year target and we work, we work through some issues lists. And, uh, but again, that, that all includes a forecast for 
the coming year and what are the things we need to do to actually meet the forecast? So I think loosely, that's what I would do if I was a law firm. So again, it's like, whether it's fees or number yeah. of clients or adding an associate, it's the same exercise, really. So what are the what are the metrics on the forecast? I think that is surprisingly absent in many conversations I have with law firms right. is a metric around the forecast. And it, to me, it depends on the type of practice you've got. Okay. So what could they be and where and, and where would you go with them? And, and, and how would you nuance those based on practice? Yeah, so I think there's, there's kind of like, I'm going to really oversimplify things. Larry's going to be like, I don't fit any of these categories. But um, <laughs> I'm going to segment the entire world of the small, the SMB law firm okay. into to two big segments. One is, is like, are you going to be a volume practice or are you going to be a very limited expertise called boutique practice? And then two is what practice area or areas are you going to be in? So the most obvious one to me is this. You're a PI firm. We work with a lot of PI firms, personal injury plaintiffs firms. Are you going to be a, if you're going to be a boutique PI firm, you need to be thinking about really focusing on growing number of referred cases and referral sources, in my opinion. Because again, you don't need a million cases. You need to focus on those big cases that you're the deep expert on. And how do you get more people? They're going to come and bring those cases to you. On the other hand, if you're a volume PI firm, then you know you're going to be different. You're going to be like, I got to let's come up with what what's the uh, share of voice for me to be the market leader in pay per click or search or you know display ads. Um, and or again, all I'm, of them. I'm, yeah, right, everywhere. Market saturation, right? right? And then that's that's just PI. It's totally different if you're in a different world. Because I I'd be anyway business metric wise. If I'm a volume PI firm, I wouldn't even be just talking about those things. I'd really be focused on new open cases, new open files, because you're not going to probably see an ROI on the. You might not even see fees from those open files in that coming year. And so if you're taking a snapshot of the year, it's open case files, right? Because if you didn't theoretically, you're only opening files on cases that you think have some value. And if you're growing the open case files, likely that means you're opening the cases that you want. Likely that means you're moving in the right direction. So let me ask you a question on profit. It's a bit of a leading yeah. question. Should profit be one of your business metrics? I think so. Again, I, I this kind of depends on where on the journey you are, because like if you're brand new, it's very unlikely you're going to be profitable in year one. Very okay. unlikely. I mean, I'd love for it to be true, but you're probably going to lose money in year one. And so there's a sliding scale. If you're a more mature firm, of course, profit should be like one of your number one targets, number one priorities. Well, so let me I ask think. this question. So profit and marketing, right? I think they're frequently misaligned, right? I think most of the time people feel like the more you spend on marketing, the more profit you will generate. In right. the long term, that may be true. In the short term, it's absolutely not true. It right? also might not be true in the long term either. <laughs> yeah, that's another problem, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, your marketing is, as marketers, for me to say this, like you need to understand it's discretionary and you're borrowing out of your profit to pay for your marketing. And so to me, one of the things I look through is if you have aggressive growth goals, it's okay to have low to zero profit goals, right? Because you're reinvesting back in your business and in your marketing to achieve those growth goals. And growth does not necessarily mean profit. I've had arguments with lawyers around this, but I think it's an important trade-off to think through. Yeah, I think so too. And again, I think it comes to where you're on the journey because another another kind of like... Uh 
I don't know if it's an axiom or something, but tenet. it's run your bit tenant, run your business like you're going to sell it. And so if you're running your business like you're going to sell it, you better have profit because nobody's buying an unprofitable business. Mm. Fair point. Fair point. But not everybody wants to sell either. So there you go. One of the uh, the metrics, we started this with news resolutions. I would challenge everyone here, the listeners who don't have this metric already, I would want to know where your consultations are coming from. Right. Hopefully that's table stakes, right? It's not, not though. Yeah. It's not. Right. And so I would want to be able to draw a pie graph of where your consultations are coming from, marketing perspective. And it doesn't include like the internet and Google because those are big places. To me, that would be a great New Year's resolution, which then can lead to metrics around things like number of cases, revenue, right, et cetera. And that helps you understand the channels that you can push. And once you know where your, your number of cases or consults are coming from, you can start to talk about things like cost per consult, not cost per lead, but cost per consult, right? And so I would challenge from a New Year's resolution perspective, try to get the infrastructure in place. Because by the way, we talked about Matt Spiegel earlier. There's lots of ways for you to use software to answer this question. Lots of ways. Lawmatics is one of them. Clio Grow, Right. And you got to do data integration. It's not super straightforward all the time. HubSpot is, you know, I'm, we're HubSpot fanboys, but like the software is out there now for the solo practitioner to answer this question with technology. And if you don't have the answer to that question, that is a mess. There you go. All right, listeners, thank you so much for another year of listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. We really do mean it. We appreciate you listening. We love to hear the feedback. We love to hear reviews. We love emails. We love Twitter direct messages. Thank you so much. Please do feel free to engage with us. And if you just landed on this, you never heard anything about this before, subscribe to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing and follow the hashtag, hashtag LHLM on Twitter. Happy holidays, everyone. And because we probably won't talk to you, happy new year. Be safe. Be well. Take care. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. 
The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.